before we get into the uh, words, the Word of God, and before we get into our sermon, um, I just want to take a time to just say uh, happy birthday to Sam, and uh, <laughs> happy birthday, Sam. Sam does a phenomenal job of leading our worship, and he does it with the right heart and the right intentions, and I love working with him and Drew and their hearts for students who is awesome, and it's an honor to work with such, such great people um, like them, like the Thomases, like Miss Belinda, Miss Melissa, several of them who volunteer their time every week, and I just really appreciate them. So tonight, when you look at the scriptures, you see 45 verses, and you go, oh my goodness. Uh, so, um, you, here's the deal. A lot of times when we look at a passage, it'll be really easy to take out of context. And tonight, we're continuing with our, 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 our study this week on, I mean, this month on approach, an approach in approaching people with the gospel. And we've looked at how do we approach people? How do we approach in the power? And now, how do we approach in presentation? So, approaching people, what people? The sinners, the religious people. The religious people who think, oh man, I, I, I don't need Jesus. I'm doing this stuff, so I'm good in their hearts. And they, they, they do need Jesus. The power, that we do it by the Holy Spirit. And that as the Holy Spirit leads us, and there's power behind that. But the presentation, and tonight what we're going to do is we're going to see how Jesus presented the gospel. How did Jesus present the gospel? We see in John multiple times that Jesus had one-on-one -on -one encounters with people. And how did he present to them? We see the time that he, uh, he meets Nicodemus, who was a, uh, who was a Pharisee. That means a very educated, very religious man, well-connected, well-thought-of. He's about to meet this Samaritan woman, not well-thought-of. We'll talk about it in a minute. He meets a rich young ruler. He meets, he meets a tax collector. He meets multiple people throughout these one-on-one -on -one encounters that he has. And we see a lot of themes in this, how he does this. And so, but I, but I really like this story because it shows Jesus going after exactly what we've kind of already talked about, the sinner. He did not come for those who thought they were well, he came for those who were sick. But I like all the encounters because he encounters those two type of people that we talked about the first night, religious, Nicodemus, the sinner, right here, we'll see the tax collector, Religious, done everything I can. We'll see a blind man. He knew he was a sinner. Just several different stories we can take here, 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 here. And we see some similarities in this. So we're going to look how Jesus, so we're going to read parts of this. Pause, talk, come back. Is how we're going to do this. Because what we're going to do is, this is not what I would consider perfectly exegeted. Jetical in this, and what that means is taking scripture by scripture. What this is is taking a presentation out. How did he do this? Uh, everything I'm going to say is scripturally backed, but it's not. We're going to miss a lot of stuff with 
within the text. Like, for example, you can come back and you can talk so much about where he's at, why he's doing this, what are some of the things he confronts with. We don't have time for all that. Honestly, this passage in itself could be three to four sermons, just with the amount of stuff that's in it to do it correctly. But that's not our purpose tonight. Our purpose tonight is how did Jesus present this gospel? And how can we present the gospel to our friends? How do we can present the gospel to our family? How do we present the gospel to the people that we meet? How do we present this gospel? How did Jesus do it? Jesus, the greatest teacher, the Messiah, how did he present the good news? So start with me in verse 1, and we're going to read from 1 to 15. Take a little stop, read a little bit more, uh, talk and read a little bit more. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize only his disciples, he left Judea and departed for Galilee, and he had passed through Samaria. He had to pass through Samaria. Real quick geology lesson. He left Judea. Judea area is Jerusalem and Bethlehem. Down here. Galilee is up here. Samaria is in the middle. Many Jewish people considered Samarians lower class, and a lot of times they would go around Samaria, even cross the Jordan and back over it to get back to Galilee. And they would, they would almost pretend that Samaria did not exist. Okay? They considered um, um, Samaria during the exile when the Jewish people were taken to other countries and coming back, they only left weaker people. Well, with those weaker people married uh, other Canaanites and other people, and that formed what we know today as the Samaritans. So a lot of times, Jew, Jewish people call them half-breeds. So that's what's kind of happening and why they were kind of walking around. But not Jesus, he went through. So he came to the town of Samaria called Sychar near the field that Jacob was given, had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus wearied as he was from journey and sitting beside the well, and it was about the sixth hour, which means it was noon. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples have gone into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was who was saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw the water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? You are greater, are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I give him will never be what? Thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become a spring of water welling up to what? The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty and have to come here to draw water. 
Let's pause real quick. So a lot's going on. He's in Samaria. He's tired, which I, so much in these verses. Showing that he's tired shows that, you know, he is, he is uh, um, um, fully human, fully divine. He's human in the sense that he's tired, he gets weary, that part of humanity. I love that the authors show that part because we need to see that he is. We call again, when you're fully God, fully human, a big $10 word here, hyperstatic union. Say that with me. Hyperstatic union means 100% God, 100% man. You learned a big theological word. All right, there you go. And so here he is. He's tired. He's coming. And it's noon. That's what six, it's noon. So noon is the coldest part of the day, right? No, it's one of the hottest parts of the day. So it's hot. So I want you to get to understand this. So we even see within this that Jesus begins to talk and engage into a conversation with this woman. So how do we present the gospel? Well, the first thing we see is you must be purposeful. Be purposeful. Jesus was very purposeful in what he was doing here. Everything was planned out. Everything was intentional. Okay? That's a word that Drew and I use a lot, being intentional. Drew and I, be, uh, we would like to both be very intentional in our ministry. We like to ask intentional questions to students. We like to make sure that we're intentional about some of the things we do. Everything has a reason. Be intentional. Jesus was intentional with three things, and I want us to look at it. One, he was intentional with his location. Jesus didn't just randomly say, well, shortest way between two objects, A and B, let's just go straight through to Samaria. He didn't do that. He was intentional about going through Samaria. He wanted to go through Samaria. He wanted to do several things. One thing that he's going to have a conversation about is he's going he's gonna to introduce to the Samarian woman that no longer will you have to physically go to one temple or, or, or one place to another because I'm going to be here. He's letting Samaria know that I came for you just as much as I came for the Jews. I came for the Samaritans. I came for the Greeks. I came for the Gentiles. I came for, fill in your blank, I came for them. He was very intentional about his location. And he was very intentional about where he was going to be at because this location was a very biblical point in the Old Testament. This is Jacob's well. This is where, this is where a lot of stuff happened to Jacob. It was near this area that the dream happened of the ladder. It was a very big part of everything that happened in Jacob's life was near this area. This was a very big area right here. In biblical history. So he's walking through, and this location was very intentional. We need to be intentional about our locations and purposeful when we're sharing the gospel of Christ. God did not just happen to give you first hour or second hour lunch. You were given that for a purpose. How are we going to use it? You were not just so happened to get first hour PE. Our seventh hour PE, you were given those for reasons. How will you use those? God didn't just, just put you in your home or at your school 
by happen chance, you're there. Be purposeful about where our locations are and think about our purpose in our locations. Be intentional with that as Jesus is intentional with it. He didn't just let a location, oh, this is location. It was intentional. Number two, the time. He was very intentional with the time. Remember, he was fully God and fully human. It's noon. It didn't, it didn't just so happen chance that this woman was coming. The, the God part of him knew that she would be coming at this time. It was noon, the hottest part of the day. She went by herself because people did not respect her. At this point, we're going to find out here in a minute, she's had five husbands, and the husband that she was living with at the time, the man that she was living with at the time was even her husband. She was considered an outcast. She was gossip about. She was considered of a woman of no reputation. She was considered of someone that no one wanted to be around. And, and so she would come at noon, the hottest part of the day, to carry a water jug that could weigh between 20 to 30 pounds, depending on it, on her head, and they would almost go she, where the well was and where the town was, was 0.7 miles away from each other. So almost a full mile away from the well, she would walk with 20 to 30 pounds. Imagine that. She would walk with that every day in the heat of the day because... She, she was not welcomed by the town. That's going to be important because of what happens to the town because of her. But she was not welcomed. The time was intentional. There's going to be times in the life of your friends that you are, should be intentional with the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. There's going to be tragedies that happen. There's going to be good news that happens. There's going to be things that will happen and be intentional with those times. Not just a physical time like the six hour, because this was an intentional also time in her life that Jesus came to. The man that you're even married now is not your husband. It was an intentional time. Six hour, noon, he knew what was happening. There's going to be some uh, intentionality that you need to do and look with your friends and say, God, you put this friend in this time in my life for a reason. Let me be intentional. Christians, we must start thinking of ourselves in the way of telling people about the gospel as, and being purposeful with that as a soldier is purposeful about his strategies in war. What I mean by that is, guys, we are saved by the grace of God, and we are not taken immediately home because God intentionally wanted us to share the gospel with people. He uses us, and it's a blessing. We must be intentional about that location. We must be intentional about our time. The next thing that Jesus was very intentional about, so if we're being purposeful, he was intentional about his words. About his words. What does he say? Well, if you knew who was asking you, you would ask for what? Living water. He was very intentional about his words. What's intentional about that? Well, because this is about to spring up into another conversation, right? It was a conversation that led to another conversation to talk about these things. We're in conversations all the time. We must be intentional. And I'm going to get 
more about here because that's number two here in a second. But we must be intentional about our words and our conversations. We must be intentional about our questions. We must be intentional about how we address certain things. Because a lot of times, guys, we are coming to our friends and we are just, we're, we're, we're doing this. I'm just going to throw it out there and hope something, that, that something will grab. But that's not what we see that Jesus did. He was purposeful. He taught the disciples to be purposeful and intentional. I'm not saying that those random acts won't happen. We see that throughout the Bible too, do we not? We see that with Philip. We talked about that last week, that the Holy Spirit led him somewhere. We, we see that. But they were also very purposeful about where they were and who they were. Stephen was intentional about where he spoke. And he knew, and he was purposeful, and he knew that that would probably cost him his life. But he was purposeful about what he did and what he said. Jesus was intentional with location, time, and words. So let's read the other part here. Jesus said to her, go and call your husband and come here. The woman answered him and said, what? I have no what? Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband. You have had how many? Five husbands. And the one that you're now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive you that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, but you say that Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor that mountain, uh, uh, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, will you worship the Father. You will worship, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here, and when the true worshipers will, will worship the Father in the Spirit and the truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is Spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in the Spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. Christ means anointed one. When He comes, He will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who you speak to you am he. When we, how do we present the gospel? We are purposeful. Number two, be truthful. Be purposeful, but be truthful. Three things that Jesus does here that we need to learn and do this correctly. Jesus was direct. Jesus was direct. We, 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 we're afraid to be direct with people, but everybody tells everybody, because I see it all over social media and how, how we talk to our friends, we want to be real. We want to be the 100. We want to, no, a lot of times that's what you say you want, but we need to be, but we really do need to be direct with people. We need to tell them the truth. We do not need to, to sugar water things. We do not need to make things, um, 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 more than what they seem. We need to be direct. And Jesus was direct with her. He confronted her. But watch how he did not condemn her. He could have. But he confronted her. He confronted her and was direct with her. We need to be direct. Number two, we need to be plain. Jesus spoke very clearly. 
he spoke very clearly about what's going on, what's happening. I love how when she even threw out a spiritual question, just like the Pharisees did time and time with Jesus again. And if you notice, a lot of times that I fear that we do is people will, we're so worried about defending our God that we forget that he can defend himself. But second thing, we're so worried about sometimes of wanting to be right and showing that we're right that we miss the opportunity in what we could be in that conversation sometimes. Look at what Jesus did. He talked very plain. He said, look, in modern English, we can discuss where the mountain and this and that, but you know, one day is going to come where it doesn't even matter. He says, it's about to not matter. He says, the Christ is coming. We need to be plain. We need to, uh, we, we need to be very plain when we speak to people and let them know, hey, here's truthfully what is happening. And when they try to get into spiritual conversations, arguments, and you just can tell that they're just not going to go anywhere, sometimes I step away. You know what's funny? A lot of people say, well, you're going to lose them. A lot of times they still come after me and they still want to ask. And the thing is, they keep wanting to convince me that they're right. And I'll use that on them. You know, the funny thing is, you keep wanting to convince me. I want you to think about that. Sometimes I go, oh my gosh. I'm trying to, because they're trying to convince me because they want to be right so bad. And being very plainly with them, a lot of times has led to better conversations with them. I know I'm talking fast and we've got a lot to do, but we need to, uh, you know, when we're intentional with these words, we need to be very plain as we're speaking to them. Last one, Jesus spoke truth by being not just direct, not being plain, but he was scriptural. Notice that he backed a lot of his stuff by saying scriptures and parts of scriptures and, and discussing with her in a very scriptural way. In other words, he used foundations backing him a lot of times guys we need we need to be right now knowing what the scripture says we need to know what the bible says a lot of us are so scared to talk to people because we don't know what the bible says a lot of times we're just too lazy to know what the bible says you need to be studying it you need to know what the word of god says and god also by the power of the holy spirit he has prepared us a lot of times when these things come um i have seen Stuff happened in my own life and words come up like, I don't know where that came from, but it was 100% true. Um, And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. But we do need to know what Scripture says. We need to know what the Bible says. You need to know what you believe. You need to know these things. And he was scriptural. I know I'm, I'm, I'm going fast here. Last thing. And I'm, I'm just going to have to summarize it. So the disciples come back and they marveled that he was talking to a woman, okay? That, that was a big no-no back in that time to do that by yourself. And so they're coming back with food and, and this woman, she, she leaves. Look what happens. So the woman left her what? Water jar and went away from the town saying to the people, come and see a man who told me all that I've ever did. Can, uh, can this be the Christ? 
they went out of the town and they were coming to him. So that she goes in town, the disciples saying, Rabbi, you need to eat. And he says, the food, you know, I have food that you do not know about. And he's talking about spiritual food. And here comes the town people and they want him to stay. They, they, they turn. Here's this woman who was someone that the town rejected. And she's running back in and she's telling them he knew everything about me. Come and meet him. Come and meet him. The one, the, the woman who was rejected was not rejected by the Father. And she was telling them, hey, I know I have met. He knows all about me. And I am redeemed. And these people are coming. And they're hearing the gospel. And they're hearing Jesus, and they become followers in that town. We got to be prepared. Jesus was prepared for the response. He was prepared for the response of three, uh, uh, three areas we see. He was prepared, prepared for the response of the woman. He was prepared. He not saying Jesus obviously knew, but we will not know. But what I mean by that, he was prepared. A lot of times we're not prepared for the rejection. There will be people who will reject the gospel. And we have to be cautious to not take that personal. Because they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting the gospel. They're rejecting Christ. You have no power to save them. You you, it's, I, and I understand where the personal part comes, but you have no power to save them. But he was prepared. He was prepared for the woman's response. This woman responded into, I'm leaving my water jar. I'm leaving the source that I thought brought life, but I found the source of life, and I'm leaving that to go tell these people. And she ran. He was prepared for the disciples. Think about this. Think about this in their time. Here comes the disciples, and they're coming, and they're seeing their teacher talk to a woman at midday by themselves. And I'll promise you, it wasn't a large town, so they probably knew of some of her reputation already because they probably saw her go up and, and probably saw people Talk about that as she came up. I don't know, that's speculation, but I'm just saying. So these disciples were, well, you need to eat. You need to, he, but Jesus intentionally always made things about teaching moments with his disciples. That was one of the beautiful things. Every moment was a teaching moment. And he was prepared for them, even in this gospel presentation that he's showing these people, he's preparing them. And we see this preparation come later um, out of Peter and John and several others as he prepared. And Jesus is also prepared for the response of the town. This town asked, wanted redemption. This town wanted him to be there, but he was prepared. As Jesus was also prepared for the Pharisees' responses, we need to be prepared for as people accept and people reject but part of the preparation is discipleship a lot of times when we present people the gospel 
we become very good about telling them how they can be saved, but we do a very terrible job about how to disciple and teach people and continue to grow. We need to be very intentional how we're teaching and preparing them and how we're telling people about Jesus Christ and teaching them and loving them and showing them and, and, and getting them engaged into a local church. A very big thing right now among Christians is that I don't have to go anywhere. I can worship God in my home. The problem with that is that's unbiblical. You need to be with other believers. You need to be growing with other believers. That's important. You need to be encouraging and hold each other accountable. We need to have discussions. We need to grow together. There's a reason that we come together on Sundays, and it's not just to have a big bunch of numbers and people there. We come together on Wednesdays for the same reason. We need to be coming and enjoying and growing with each other. So tonight, guys, I understand this is kind of a different message. I also understand that this is going to affect people in some different ways. But I'm going to pray, and Drew and I are in the back, and maybe you have some lost friends this year that you just want to pray for. We have the cross. Me and Drew are always welcome to pray with you. Um, maybe, you know, maybe you're just needing to pray through, Father, how can I do these type of things? How can I be more purposeful with the things I do? How can I be truthful? How can I talk in this way? How can I be prepared for rejection and acceptance of you, of people? How can I do these things? Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you for this day. We ask right now that you'll forgive us where we failed you. And Father, as we respond to this message, Father, I know it's different. But Father, how are we presenting the gospel to other people? How are we being intentional? How are we being truthful? How are we being ready and prepared for what your word is saying? Forgive us where we have failed you. God and lead us in your name. Amen.